Welcome to ASRM Today, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into the current topics in reproductive medicine. I am Jeffrey Hayes. It's National Public Health Week, and today on the show to contribute to the international conversation, we are talking about vaccines and ART. Our guest is Dr. Jennifer Kawas, who's medical director, Emory Reproductive Center, associate professor, Division of Reproductive Endocrinology and Infertility Registry Committee, Society for Assisted Reproductive Technology guest researcher, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Dr. Kawas, welcome back to ASRM today. Thanks for having me. So part of National Public Health Week is to take action by sharing facts and science about COVID-19 to battle misinformation. One of the major issues of the pandemic has been misinformation when it comes to vaccination. What areas of ART have been affected by this? Great question, Jeff. Misinformation is certainly pervasive and is something that we are seeing more and more. And one of the tricky pieces is that once a seed of misinformation is planted, it can often bloom and spread and become very difficult to sort of reconcile the facts. With regards to fertility and reproductive health, there has been an ongoing rumor regarding uh, the impact of the COVID vaccine on a woman's future fertility. And we've been making a very cognizant effort to try to dispel this myth. There is no evidence at all that the COVID vaccine has any impact on a woman's future fertility. In fact, there are no vaccines that have been produced to date that are known to impact a woman's future fertility. Last week, SART released their 2019 data that 77,000 babies have been born from ART cycles, which is an increase uh, from previous numbers. How difficult has it been then for providers during this pandemic to assure patients and potential patients even of the safety and efficacy of ART procedures? Another very good question. This is something that has evolved with time for sure. At the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was learning and trying to come up with the mechanisms by which to keep physicians, providers, uh, patients, and friends and family safe. Luckily, we've learned a lot over the last 12 months. And some of the things we have learned are the importance of masking and also now have the luxury of a vaccine for added safety. With regards to ART procedures themselves, I don't know that the pandemic impacted the safety of those procedures themselves, but certainly the face-to-face interactions that were required early in the pandemic before we had clear protocols in place may have been cause for concern. At the moment, though, I would say, you know, a hospital or a clinic is potentially a safer place even than a grocery store and certainly than a restaurant. (laughs) There's so many protocols and procedures that have been in place now for over 10 months that have aimed to maximize safety. These are things that have now probably become commonplace and almost familiar for better or worse, but they include masking, hand washing, temperature checks upon entry, limiting the number of individuals in confined spaces at a time. And wonderfully now also vaccination, which is probably our most impactful tool against this pandemic. So I really do feel like we've turned the corner. Do you see then that there there might be a, a problem in the future for, for let's do a, um, a for instance, you know, a, a scenario that, you know, we can go ahead and assume that a number of patients may not ever be vaccinated, but yet they will still 
pursue infertility treatment and ART and everything that comes, you know, with that, how does that affect clinicians? You know, what could be a hypothetical line, do you think? I mean, obviously, we don't want to turn anyone away from care or anyone away from infertility treatment, but yet we also have to keep public safety in mind. Well, I think the underlying truth from a public health perspective is that vaccination is beneficial to the individual themselves and then also to everyone with whom they come in contact. And so it's helpful to think of the current pandemic as a lesson and an appreciation for all the vaccines that we already have and the diseases that we already have the capacity to prevent. Certainly, it's an individual's choice whether or not they choose to be vaccinated, but they are indirectly putting the people with whom they interact at risk in addition to putting themselves at risk. From a reproductive perspective, there's also evidence to suggest that vaccination indirectly protects the fetus. There's recent data suggesting that some of the COVID antibodies from the vaccine have been found in infants born to mothers who were vaccinated, which is incredibly reassuring and compelling that vaccination is benefiting society beyond just the individual themselves who's vaccinated. So from a public health perspective, there is just tremendous power behind vaccination for not only COVID, but everything else. Absolutely. I'm talking today with Dr. Jennifer Kowas. We're discussing vaccines and ART as it is National Public Health Week. I have one more question for you, Dr. Kowas. One conclusion that the latest update provided was, given the known risks and severity of COVID-19 disease during pregnancy, vaccination of pregnant women or women attempting pregnancy is recommended, including by the WHO, ACOG, SMFM, and of course, the ASRM. How do clinicians, Dr. Kwas, in your opinion, best spread the word or assure patients that, again, that this is something that is not a myth? Yeah, so it is an evolving answer, I'd say, as we have more and more data of pregnant women who have been vaccinated. I'm hopeful that it may be come easier and easier to reassure patients. I think the reassurance comes on several levels. One is based on science and pathophysiology and the mechanism by which the vaccines work. There's no evidence to suggest that the mechanism by which the vaccine works would be harmful to an infant. Potentially even more convincing, however, is that the CDC has a registry within the V-SAFE registry that is a pregnancy registry that has been including voluntary participants who were vaccinated and reported symptoms of the vaccine itself and then also of their pregnancy. And there were not noted to be any significant differences between those women who were pregnant and not pregnant and no significant differences between women who were pregnant and received the vaccine and women who were pregnant, sort of like the baseline expected population risks of adverse outcomes. So we do have increasing actual data to support uh, the safety of the vaccine in pregnancy. And then I'd say the final piece is really word of mouth and sort of speaking openly to friends, colleagues, patients, and if you have a social media platform, feeling comfortable sharing the facts to the degree possible to help provide reassurance. 
Yeah, I was just about to say that, you know, social media platforms make the most sense because, you know, most of all of the organizations have them. So, you know, just to subscribe to that feed and then you can forward and, you know, copy and so forth as as people do these days. Dr. Kwas, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, and, and being able to come on the show again to talk about vaccines and ART. It's my genuine pleasure. I'm Jeffrey Hayes, and this is ASRM Today. This concludes this episode of ASRM Today. For show notes, author information, and discussions, go to asrmtoday.org. This material is copyrighted by the American Society for Reproductive Medicine and may not be reproduced or used without express consent from ASRM. ASRM Today series podcasts are supported in part by the ASRM Corporate Member Council. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ASRM and its affiliates. These are provided as a source of general information and are not a substitute for consultation with a physician.